Hello and welcome to the Arts Hub show. <laughs> um, again, so unfortunately we had some technical problems, but I am back and I'm ready, th- more ready than ever. So we've had a six-month break since I lasted my radio show, and I'm now here f- between four and six every Saturday with the Arts Hub show in which we discover all things visual and audio. On this show, we discuss all things visually enticing and artsy and crafty. Um, We have a synesthetic playlist, which we'll play for the first half of the show, um, themed around a specific artwork, which I find particularly enchanting. Today we'll be discussing more than just a painting, however, we will be going into some arts news such as the climate activist soup throwing shenanigan that seems to be becoming a bit of a trend. Um, Van Gogh has a new discovery. Um, Bjork has a new mushroom themed album which has been released called Fasora. And yeah. So I'll be here for one and a half scrumptious hours rather than two, but um, kick back, relax, and enjoy some smoky 5th of November Guy Fawkes tunes and autumn sounds. This week we are theming the show around autumn and that will be taking uh, over this first half hour period of the show and the themed painting or painting slash artwork of the week doesn't always have to be art, just anything visually enticing but this week I was particularly captured by a painting by John Everett Millet called Chill October from 1870. I'm very aware October is now well in the past but um, it was a pretty gorgeous month and I'm gonna just give some cred to it through this painting. The painting is completely bathed in golden autumnal light and I do find that particularly up north here in Edinburgh um, the most beautiful time of year is autumn and the city is completely speckled with the evening golden low sunlight. Um, Although it does set slightly earlier than I would like, it is still completely magical and turns the entire city into just something else. So to start off this show, I'm going to play a classic smoky song by the King Nat King Cole. The falling leaves drift by the window. The autumn leaves of red and gold. I see. Since you 
going away The days roll on And soon I'll hear the beautiful smoky sound of Nat King Cole singing Autumn Leaves to accompany our autumn-themed Radio Arts Hub show this week. So I've chose that song. Does, it just completely makes you feel as though you're sitting by a fireplace having a cup of tea um, in the nice crisp air of autumn. So this uh, first half of the show we're going to be d- uh, talking about painting and um, this painting we're discussing is by John Everett Millet and it's called Chill October from 1870. John Everett Millet was a pre-Raphaelite so the pre-Raphaelites were p- to put it simply they were a s- slight a bit of a cult <laughs> a bit of a kind of um, arty cult uh, from England, um, quite a small exclusive group of painters and they had a big interest in painting women who had ginger hair and they, for them the most epitomal uh, idea of female beauty was ginger hair, pale skin. Um, they'd paint uh, Mary, the Virgin Mary like that, they would paint Jesus like that and do lots of moral slash biblical themes. Um, John Everett Millet was uh, the pioneer of this movement and the first meeting actually took place in his family home. Um, and he is most famous for painting Ophelia, the beautiful painting of um, the woman lying in the river surrounded by flowers Um, of course themed Ophelia after she has just passed away Um, and this painting chill October I'm aware of the irony that it is now the beginning of November and it is in fact the 5th of November Guy Fawkes Night but 
you know, this painting was too, it was too beautiful to miss. Um, it's completely bathed in golden light. It looks incredibly naturalistic. Um, most of his paintings were in fact of people. So the fact that this is a landscape is rather special. He really shows off his use of shadow and light and particularly the details. Um, but to swing into another song, um, which is themed around this painting, Chill October from 1870, um, I'm going to play Van Kanten by Julia Svengard, which is a musician who is from Sweden and crosses the genres of jazz and folk, which when done properly can sound utterly magical and enchanting. So here we go. Thank you. 
wasn't that completely and utterly magical and enchanting. The sound of Vandkanten by Julian Svengjord, a cross between folk and jazz um, from the lovely island of Sweden. Um, so, autumn. Yes, it's now that time of the year where everything seems to be speckled with orange, the light is incredibly bright yet sparse, and you've got that lovely strange twinge of smoke in the air, especially in Edinburgh. I'm not sure why particularly people are having bonfires, burning things, but the sky looks gorgeous and the air smells absolutely delicious. Um, And to accompany this autumn theme, we're talking about John Everett Millet, the pre-Raphaelite painter um, from the latter part of the 19th century, and his painting Chill October from 1870, a landscape painting which is rather out of his usual um, genre, shall we say. He tended to paint uh, portraits of women, but this is just an utterly gorgeous depiction of autumn in England in the 19th century. And it's just got a little tiny river, lots of men, you know, many trees and gorgeous foliage all painted with utter accuracy. So the title evokes weather and mood infused in the landscape. A pale clouded sky is reflected in the waters of the River Chu. From the riverbank, the water is shining expanse, leading to a hazy blue hill. An island of dark shadowy trees draws the eye, marooned in the centre of the water. All this beautiful sight is in this painting, and I highly recommend if you have a laptop or phone handy to punch into that search engine um chill october by john everett millet so you can get more of a well-rounded understanding of the discussion for this first half of, first half of the show <laughs> but the second half we're going to be talking about arts news things will start getting a tiny bit more funky um but to start with the mellow autumnal swooning sounds i'm trying to depict through the song that I'm choosing. So the next song we're going to listen to is called Intro. And I found this song um, by complete coincidence. You know when you go on Spotify and you've got a song and then your playlist runs out and it sort of creates an automatic one. I do quite like it. You can find some real hidden gems and that's how I stumbled around across this one. Intro by Martina bird. Enjoy. Oh, I'm never too late to sing until the day. 
And that was Intro by Martina Topley Bird, a charming little song I found while stumbling across Spotify, and I thought it depicted the smoky feel of the 5th of November and autumn in general, which is the theme for this week's Arts Hub show. If you have just tuned in, welcome. I uh, am very happy to have you here. Um, I'm here every Saturday between four and six discussing art, arts news and playing some lovely tunes alongside. Um, So hello, welcome. Lovely that you are here. And today's painting of the week, or artwork of the week to be more precise, is John Everett Millet's Chill October from 1870. So I'm now going to do a bit of a visual analysis. Enjoy. Golden reeds thickly mass like a carpet along the foreground. They are delicate and feathery, nevertheless forming a strong barrier. This isolates the viewer to the outside, mimicking the dark trees stuck in their loneliness. Wind rips through buffeting the trees and grasses, bending pulling the plants leftwards towards the open area of water, subsequently leading to the distant land beyond the lake. The landscape yearns with a need to run away, to escape the chill and gloom, Millet fills the autumn landscape with anthropomorphic qualities shared with the viewer. The lack of human life is lonely and the colours chill. That's a small description of Chill October, the painting from this week. I find that autumn can be both calming and I suppose it has that kind of peaceful loneliness aspect to it um, which I think all these songs and this particular painting encapsulates it's both warm yet distant at the same time so the next song I'm going to play is by one of my favorite jazz musicians Lars Danielsson another Swedish jazz musician and this is from his album Cloudland now if you're out there you're into jazz or you're not into jazz this album is the perfect album for autumn especially when walking around the streets of glorious edinburgh um you can never feel alone when listening to this particular album cloudland last danielson is the bass player and he is truly magical on that instrument but this song is only one minute 48 seconds it's quite eerie and I think it fills that void which autumn brings quite nicely. So this is Intermezzo by Lars Danielson. Thank you. 
and that was Intermezzo by Lars Danielsson from his album Cloudland. Welcome to the world of Cloudland is all I can really say. That particular album is one of my favourites and it's one of my favourite things to listen to when stuck in an autumn mood. So, welcome again if you have just joined. Uh, this is the Arts Hub show and we are discussing Chill October from 1870, a painting by John Everett Millet, the pre-Raphaelite painter, and this painting is just the most perfect capturing of autumn in my opinion. Uh, in fact, Vincent van Gogh saw Chill October, this particular painting, uh, when he lived in London. He was quite an admirer of Millet, and um, he was too nervous to introduce himself when they met on the street, uh, but he described this landscape as beautiful in a letter to his brother Theo. Um, he was another painter who loved the natural world and painted strong emotions into his work. Although Millet is not considered a post-impressionist, which I suppose is the umbrella term which swoops and gobbles up Vincent van Gogh, um, but he did paint uh, things very um, emotionally and there has a lot of anthropomorphic qualities in his landscapes um, as if they are human almost <laughs> and uh, very similar to Van Gogh's style in terms of um, being completely surrounded by swooning emotion and I think this is why Van Gogh quite liked it he thought it was uh, very very moving um, and of course full with human feeling so another song I'm going to play uh, for this week's autumnal theme for the first half of the show. Remember, remember this is a two hour long show and the first hour is always going to be themed with an artwork of the week. But the second hour, ooh, that's filled with mystery. Anything could fill that second hour and I have chosen to fill it with the various arts and newsy things that are, have been happening recently and some analysis of some albums which I've been enjoying so the tunes will get slightly more funky but we're going to continue the calm smoky feeling of autumn with Jose Feliciano's California Dreamin'. <laughs> Bend it knees and I began to pray. 
California Dreaming. Oh, Calif- I've got to speak there. California Dreaming by Jose Filianciano. Um, if I'm perfectly honest, um, I usually listen to the Mums and Papas version, but my flatmate managed to persuade me otherwise, and I'd never heard this version before, and I thought it was. Well, it sounded slightly more autumnal, to be honest. It was very. Um, well, it was popularised through, um, apparently, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino's movie, which I have seen, but I just, that song completely surpassed me. But yeah, quite a nice little tune, I thought. Uh, a lot of feel. Um, but let's, uh, let's swing right back into um, the painting, which is the theme for the first half of this show. Uh, Chill October by John Everett Millet from 1870. If you have just joined, I do encourage you to punch this into your search engine so you can look whilst you listen. Of course, uh, this doesn't have to be done, but it might make slightly more sense. And um, yeah, I'm just going to describe a few more elements of the painting. There is a quiet beauty and an uplifting effect in the small details of foliage. The clouds glow with a gentle pearly light, a distant flock of birds soar freely, emphasising the vast wilderness of the view. The reeds spread a golden glow over the water, showing that in this sadness there is hope. 
Now, everyone who I have seen analyze this painting talks about it as being very sad. Um, I beg to differ. Although it does seem rather gloomy with the shadows and harsh use of lighting, um, I do think there is a lot of joy to be had in looking at this painting. The light is just so glowy and gorgeous and I do think it is a just a very serene and calm depiction of a landscape and uh, rather than feeling sad I'd say maybe one would feel more at peace <laughs> which for me that's what autumn is. Autumn is that time of the year where you just want to relax and you start getting excited about wearing your jumpers and layering up. Although I must admit, when I came back down south recently to see my family, I brought a hat, I brought gloves, I brought a jumper, I even brought my duffel coat, and it was it was bloody 20 degrees, so I was wearing a t-shirt the entire time. I felt like a bit of a melon. Um, I think Edinburgh has uh, more of an autumnal feel, which I prefer. I quite like the cold, personally. I find the heat a bit jarring. Um, but as it is the 5th of November and it's Guy Fawkes night, which I completely forgot to be honest, but I will be buying some sparklers later, um, I'm going to play spooky. Um, not that it's Halloween or spooky season anymore, but I do think Guy Fawkes is a bit of a spooky and eerie time. So here we go. Some plans for tonight and 
And that was, of course, Spooky by Dusty Springfield. And her smoky vocals, I thought, was rather fitting for Guy Fawkes Night. So, autumn. <laughs> that is the theme for this first half of the Arts Hub show. Um, we're discussing Chill October, which is a rather chanting little painting by Everett Millet, or John Everett Millet, to be more precise. And just the feeling it emits is rather lovely. Um, and we are playing all sorts of smoky autumnal sounds in this theme. And I'm just, I'm just rather thrilled that it's finally cold um, this summer. I mean, I suppose Edinburgh doesn't ever get too, too warm, but it's, it's been the heat wave has been horrendous in my opinion, and I'm very much welcoming autumn with open arms. So another song which I'd love to play is "Stormy Weather." to depict the storms which are inevitably going to hit Edinburgh at any moment and um, yeah, I'm bracing myself. Don't know why There's no sun up in the sky Stormy weather Since my man and I Chair will get me. Oh. 
is prayed The Lord above will let me Walk in the sun once more Can't go on Everything I had is gone Stormy weather Since my man and I of course was stormy weather by the legendary billy holiday so we've reached the halfway point of the show yeah, that's quite funny i've never done that before <laughs> That was, quite, that was quite exciting. Um, yeah, we've reached the halfway point, woo, which means we no longer are in the gloom and doom and light and gorgeous smokiness of autumn, and we are entering a whole new realm. We're entering the realm of the Arts News Bulletin. And that was supposed to be a dun-dun-dun, but it didn't play. But yes, it's now time for the Arts News Bulletin, which means we're discussing Bjork and her new album for Sora. We're also discussing Elephant Sessions' new album, which came out this year. And we're going to be talking about a really quite thrilling Van Gogh discovery and why people tend to be chucking soup at paintings rather than looking at them recently. So to start this half of the show, let's play Try to Reach Me by Sophie Royer.
Try to Reach Me by Sophie Royer, a little song which I used to listen to during autumn 2020, I want to say. Oh, time has flown by. Um, but hello, welcome to the Arts Hub show, and now we are about to explore the Arts Hub bulletin. So what is happening in the art world right now, what has been happening, and why? And yeah, let's delve into that. So... Bjork has released a new album for Sora and I was very excited because I thought that the uh, photography and fashion and just the whole visual of the album looked really exciting and the uh, music video which she made for the song which came out before the album uh, A Top A A Topos I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce that but it's um the music video for it is is truly spectacular it's it's so beautiful (laughs) um and just bizarre and anything you could possibly expect from bjork but the song itself i found it slightly jarring um it's not it's more of a grower i suppose i think you can ease it you could get into it i'm sure and I can imagine it being really cool live. She uses lots of horns and rhythms. Um, just, it's very unsettling. Um, I think she's trying to make us feel uncomfortable. That's my guess. But to start, um, to start off the whole Bjork chat, let's just listen to it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> I I've listened to the album. I I thought it was really interesting but yes not an easy lesson definitely slightly jarring so this is a topos by bjork from her new album for sora Only name the 
very aware of the very quick transition from <laughs> from our swooning, relaxing jazz to to that. Um, yeah, so that's a topos. Um, the main highlighted song from Bjork's new album, Fasora. As I said, it's incredibly jarring and intense and not easy listening. But I think that's it's interesting it says some interesting things um it's kind of i saw it as a bit of a warning she's talking about connection she's talking about hope and the world as it is now um she's also entering us into her fantastical universe which she's created and i highly highly recommend um going on youtube and watching the music video to that song listening to it um without the without the visual is a little bit strange i think it was mainly made as one whole <laughs> the visual connected with the sound so i do recommend that it might make more sense but she um she described this album as her mushroom album so during lockdown she came up with this concept of creating a sort of fungusy mushroomy album which um is very earthy and rooted and strong and connected because she talks she discusses mushrooms as if they well they are they're underneath the ground they're everywhere and they connect vast amounts of space and it's like the, a whole hidden world underneath the ground, a whole network of roots. Um, and she explains how she wants to, she wanted it to sound as if she was sort of in the dirt, <laughs> in, in the soil, scrounging away, um, feeling connected and rooted, sort of quite um, back, to, back to basics. Um, but yeah, that song is very frightening, <laughs> I found it's quite scary it's quite intense but it does the whole album becomes a bit of a journey i think um it's her 10th album i mean she is the most she's incredibly pr prolific um and her each album has its own realm its own world and story and this one although rather odd <laughs> is uh it has a charm to it, I think. It's growing on me. Um, but I'm going to now play my favourite song from the album, which is Her Mother's House, which is it's very different from uh, Atopos, which was the song we just heard. It's a lot more fragile, and it almost... She uses her voice as if it... Kind of as if a, as a medium. It sounds like water. It sounds like it's kind of trickling around you, which I thought was really quite magical. So... This is Her Mother's House by Bjork. The space in your of your compassion
dry voice comes from a stingy is Her Mother's House by Bjork, my favourite song from her new album, Fasora. I found that that song, it's almost as if her voice is comforting and cocooning us, uh, almost swallowing us uh, into the perfect, it's like the perfect entrance into her fantastical world, which she creates through this album. Um, Jim Maple, a music critic, wrote this. Fasora's final song, Her Mother's House, is a meditative coda, a shift from grieving daughter to empty nester, sung with her own daughter, Isadora. The tone is peaceful. Um, There are muted keyboard chords, carols of falsetto, and cor anglais solo. 
as Bjork maintains the role of Hopekeeper from far, when a mother wishes, quote, to have a house with space for each child, she is only describing the interior of her heart. That is a lyric from the song, which I think is just incredibly moving. <laughs> but at the end of the song, as Jim Mapes says, her most loved ones already live in the chambers of her heart, the four chambers of the heart. Um, so she uses this metaphor of the heart as almost a little home and um, every mother's wanting want for a home is uh, a replication of that space in her heart. It's so moving. It's, it's really, really touching. And she had quite a difficult divorce um, a few years ago and her album, You... Ooh, Utopia, uh, I think from 2017, um, is more kind of uplifting, ecstasy, uh, rebirth, um, uh, as she moved on from that divorce. But this album, I think, is more of a grounding, rooting, finding her roots, um, with the mushroom theme, of course. Another interesting thing I read about this album is... Um, the theme of hope. So hope springs eternal in Bjork's fantastical world. Her optimism is one of the most spiritually nourishing things about her work. Um, it's as if she's dressing the emotional wounds of the world despite making increasingly avant-garde music and <laughs> becoming the world's first animorph. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's truly bizarre. I, I love the madness and creativity that she uses in each of her albums but this particular one I just oh it's just so oh whoopsie it's just <laughs> it's so beautiful and um highly recommend if not listening to it if it's not your cup of tea uh watching watching her videos and uh, admiring her outfits and sort of the visual she created to align with this album Okay, so that's Bjork. First thing on the Arts Hub bulletin checked off. Now we're going to delve into an interesting uh, Vincent van Gogh discovery, which I saw in the post. Well, I went to um, a Taste for Impressionism, an amazing exhibition that's going on in Edinburgh at the moment at the National Gallery. I urge anyone who's in Edinburgh right now to go even if you're not into art, it's got all the best works of art from pre-impressionism to impressionism to post-impressionism to beyond that um, in one space, like the most famous breathtaking works that exist ever. It's truly, um, it's amazing. So um, I can't speak highly of it enough. I honestly think anyone should go and see it. It, it was such a great experience, really good. And at the exhibition, I read quite an interesting plaque about a Van Gogh discovery. But before we do that, I'm going to now play one of my favourite songs from this month called Argos Farfish. Oh my 
Farfish by Shahabil Ahmed. Um, apologies for the poor pronunciation. Uh, he is just a fantastic um, Sudanese uh, sort of funk jazz musician, um, very ins- uh, influenced by Western dance music like rock and roll, but would add brass instruments to his electronic lead guitar. And he was very commonly known as the king of Sudanese jazz. So yeah, definitely get into him if you haven't heard of him before. Um, so we're talking now on the next uh, section of the Arts Hub Bulletin about Van Gogh and this exciting new discovery which I saw at the Impressionist Exhibition in Edinburgh at the National Gallery yesterday in fact, um, which was a fab exhibition, but nonetheless, um, this Van Gogh discovery turned out so 
conservators at the National Galleries of Scotland found when x-raying some of um, his paintings, for example, uh, the one which was on display in this exhibition, Head of a Peasant Woman from 1885, revealed a ghostly image of a mysterious bearded sitter in a brimmed hat and a white neckerchief closely resembling Van Gogh himself. And as we know, Van Gogh was very into self-portraits and he was very poor, so he would very often use uh, canvases again and again, so there'd be layers and layers of different paintings on one canvas, or he would use the back of canvases, or he would use unusual medium mediums or uh, canvas types like uh, planks of wood or... Um, sheets and things so uh, his painting was very all over the place and recently they have discovered that many of his paintings have self-portraits hidden underneath so in the summer of 1887 reads the plaque or the thing in which was on display in the exhibition, that's what I'm reading this off, um, Van Gogh was living in Paris, experimenting with portrait painting and using himself as a model. His brother Theo, lovely brother, uh, was out of town and unable to assist financially. Commonly Theo would, uh, he was believed very much in, in Van Gogh, Vincent and his uh, painting and would Help. He was an art dealer himself, very interested in art, and he would fund Van Gogh's living and painting. Um, but he was unable to assist financially, so Vincent Van Gogh reused his canvases in order to save money, and this is in the summer of 1887. Instead of painting over the earlier works, he would also turn the canvases over and capture his own likeness on the reverse um, which was quite a unique thing to do at the time, um, sort of his mirror image. But currently, there are eight known self-portraits painted on the back of earlier canvases, two of which are displayed in this wonderful exhibition in Scotland. So he died in 1890, and his brother died the following year, and all his work was left to Theo's widow, Joe van Gogh Bonger and possibly around 1905 when this painting The Peasant Woman was lent to an exhibition in Amsterdam the decision was made to stick the canvas down on cardboard prior to framing so the 1885 painting was considered more finished and exhibitable than the self-portrait and they chose that side of the painting rather than the other side in which a self-portrait was painted and there are many hidden self-portraits within Van Gogh's work, either on the back of the canvases or underneath other paintings, which is quite fun. It's almost as if it's some kind of game where you have to look at all the paintings and think, which one, which one's hiding a little self-portrait? But yeah, that's a very cool discovery, which I found um, and thought would be nice to share. So, let's move into another tune. Um, to start our Elephant Sessions chat, I'm going to play my favourite song from the album uh, uh, For The Night, which came out this year. Um, Elephant Sessions are a really cool kind of electric folk band, um, which 
I've seen, uh, I saw them at Down the Rabbit Hole, um, the festival that takes place in Stirling. And I also saw them at Cambridge Folk Festival this year as well. And they are the most fantastic performers. And they are so underrated and not that well known, but they are slowly gathering more and more hype. And um, I'd love to talk about their album a little bit. So this is Moonwake um, by Elephant Sessions. Thank you. 
Now, wasn't that just absolutely energizing? Moonwake by Elephant Sessions, featured on their album, which came out this year, For the Night. Um, I saw them play live twice this year. I had the absolute privilege of that. And they are the most incredible performers. Just when you thought folk electronica couldn't get any better, they come out with this. Especially live, I must say, it does translate much better in person, especially with the strobe lights and the crowd. Um, It's a strange thing because it's just so uplifting. I find folk, electronic folk music is just very energizing and positive, Um, but also it has the wonderful history of folk reel, which I love. So, we are reaching slowly but surely the end of this first arts hub show and i want to make sure we have a bit of a discussion regarding the soup throwing situation that seems to be happening um it's a new trend i think (laughs) to chuck soup at paintings and uh i'm intrigued what people are thinking about it i mean i understand it of course from from that perspective but very imaginative um but it's it's happening everywhere um it started in london so the national gallery in london um had its van gogh one of its biggest treasures uh it had paint chucked at that sorry not paint tomato soup chucked at it um and the protesters was the protesters were saying what is worth more art or life Um, And that was Phoebe Plummer, 21, from London. And she was accompanied by a 20-year-old Anna Holland from Newcastle, who said, is it worth more than food, more than justice? Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet and people? And at first, I must admit, when I saw the video, I I didn't realize there was glass protecting the painting. Um, so none of these paintings have actually been damaged, um, which changes it, I think, a lot, because at the time I, I was completely horrified. I thought there was no protection and they were just destroyed like one of the most famous, beautiful pieces of artwork. And um, of course, that, that isn't the case. And I think that makes it slightly less harmful and slightly less serious, if I'm honest. Um, it definitely does... Um, draw attention to this climate just stop oil problem for sure Um, here's uh, something that I read in the Guardian that says many observers rejected the notion that they needed to choose between preserving earthly life and enjoying Van Gogh's sunflowers both in the gallery and online the reaction to just stop oil's demonstration was largely negative but the group is quite used to the public's ear and it has spent much of this month placating London's roads, much to the consternation of the city's commuters. So I think this is a better thing to do, I'd say, than blocking roads. Um, It is quite harmless. But of course, if there wasn't that glass up, I'd be slightly in a different opinion. (laughs) Um, But the reason I'm delving into this is just uh, they had one recently in Amsterdam. In Rome, they had one in Amsterdam as well, but in Rome on November 4th, so yesterday, 
um, an Italian environmental protesters through pea soup. So they mix it up, got rid of the tomato, went for pea. Respect. Um, Over a Vince, another Van Gogh. I feel like he's been through enough turmoil. They're really targeting the Gogh. But they are over a Van Gogh painting, which was on display in Rome on Friday. And again, of course, glued themselves to the wall. Um, Here's a little statement. Culture, which is a key part of our identity, should be defended and protected and not used as a megaphone for other forms of protest. And that was Sanguigliani. Struggle with pronouncing that one. But um, yeah, I'm intrigued what people said. If I had my phone line, uh, the uh, Fresh Air radio station is going to get a phone line in soon so people can call in. But I would have loved to have asked anyone who's listening what they think of this whole new phenomenon, (laughs) because it is quite the phenomenon. And it's definitely getting a bit more trendy. And I do think it is drawing quite a lot of attention to just stop oil. It's happened the first time. I didn't quite think about it, but now it's happening again and again. I guess it is making a bit of a statement, shall we say. Um, but we are, yes, we are slowly reaching the end of the show. And I think I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm going to just play a, another song, which I've been really obsessed with this month, which I've rediscovered. I love rediscovering a song, but I've rediscovered, and it's Real Wild Child, Wild One, by the one and only Iggy Pop. I'm a real wild one, wild one, wild one, wild one.
And that is Real Wild Child by Iggy Pop, the one and only, uh, one of my favourite artists. And I've just been really into that song this month, particularly whilst hula hooping, strangely. Um, The perfect pick-me-up. But I think this is rounding off this first Arts Hub show. If you have tuned in at all, and are surprisingly still here at the end, Congrats, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. And this week, we've crossed some ground. We've crossed the John Everett Millet pre-Raphaelite world with his lovely and serene chill October from 1870. We've discussed the gorgeous, smoky, low sunlit sky of autumn Edinburgh. And we've also been having a bit of a chit chat about Bjork and Fasora, Elephant Sessions for the Night, Van Gogh and his mysterious collection of hidden self-portraits, and of course, the phenomenon of soup throwing at paintings. And is it really as awful as it seems, or is it? I don't know. I am intrigued to have a discussion with someone about that. But thank you so much for listening. Um, I will be back again next week with another Arts Hub show from four till six uh, with a whole new theme for the first half of the show and a whole new arts um, bulletin, Arts Hub show bulletin for the second. Um, In the meanwhile, I'm going to end this show with For the Night, the title track of the Elephant Sessions album and hopefully hype you all up for a lovely bonfire night. Thank you and have a good Saturday.